0: up everybody welcome to another episode of the essential 11 brought to you by acton academy acton academy placer uh today's guest basil boss uh you may know who this guy is without even knowing who this guy is um i definitely uh first was introduced to him just through television and and seeing him on a number of of television shows but as i kind of dove into his background and you realize this guy uh used to work for the cia as a special operator um i mean a legit spy Right, and then he's got uh, ARC right now, which is going in there rescuing children from human trafficking. Uh, he's an author, and he's got all this, uh, the guy is amazing, man. And so we definitely um, kind of stray away from the essential eleven as we know it. We don't necessarily get into uh, the normal questions, and we just kind of started talking about some of the things of the day. And he gave his perspective on. Uh, kind of all things politics and, and what's going on in our country with um, the riots and uh, with the trafficking and, and how you can get involved. I mean, it is it is a powerful, powerful episode. Again, kind of not your average deal, and it is definitely intense. Um, so just want to throw that out there for you. But I think you guys are going to enjoy this episode with Mr. Basil baz Two, one, and we'll just go live. My friend, it is a pleasure to have you on, man. It's a uh, I consider a real-life superhero right here, so it really is uh, an honor to have you. Well,
1: thank you. I you, uh, I'm not deserving of the compliment, but thank you very much. There are finer people that have gone before me. Trust me.
0: Well, you know, and I think humility is is uh, is a part of that. And and uh, you know, I definitely appreciate the sentiment. But what you're doing, um, you know, we 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 need more more men like you. And uh, so it definitely is. It definitely is an honor. Something that so you and I got to connect. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I got to chat for, for a little bit, and uh, one of the things I didn't tell you, so somebody, um, one of our past guests had mentioned your organization, and um, I said, oh, I said, I, you know, I, I don't know anything about ARC, and so I want to kind of take a look and, and uh, see what they're doing, so I jumped on and, and started taking a look, and I see your picture pop up, and I'm like, okay, well, he looks really, he looks really familiar, and, and trying to figure out where I knew you from and where I, you know, I knew I'd, I recognized the face, and I don't know how often you get this but this is old school like 2000 2001 Combat Missions. Yeah, I haven't heard
1: that in a while, it's but it's probably uh, been a
0: while, huh? Yeah, yeah. it's been a while, but that yeah. was a,
1: that yeah. was a great uh great exercise to be a part of. It's a great show. Mark Burnett did a great job with it. Uh yeah. we uh, you know, we maintained our friendship since those years, but uh yeah, that was a fun time. It was uh, Yeah. I think it's probably the first time in history you had a bunch of special operations guys all together on a TV show. So it was kind of fun.
0: Yeah. Kind of a special deal, man. So, um, but you know, again, what you're doing now. So if you don't mind just giving people kind of the, whatever you can share, want to share, we always like to kind of start out with a, an X-Men origin story, so to speak, of, of kind of what you did and where you're going and, and kind of what you got going on now.
1: Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate it. Um, I think a lot of people know, uh, I'm a Citadel graduate. I was a former captain in the Marine Corps. I was one of the Marine Corps' first counterterrorism officers. Uh, after we had a little incident happen in Beirut, we lost 221 plus people. Uh, and uh, so uh, conventional warfare quickly shifted through guerrilla warfare to anti terrorism. Uh, not long after that, in 85, I was recruited by the CIA, ended up uh, surrounded by just some of the most amazing. Operators that most people will never know about mm-hmm. uh, in special operations, ground branch, maritime. Uh, and then we got recruited uh, after that, left actually in uh, 1996 and pursued my calling to uh, continue with a nonprofit called the Association for the Recovery of Children, mm-hmm. which is former military, law enforcement, and intelligence officers that are dedicated to the recovery of missing and exploited American children. Efforts, enforcement efforts, both local, state, and federal, um, have been expended or exhausted. Um, what we do is we get involved and we go and go get kids back. Mm-hmm. Um, since that time, unbeknownst to me at the time in 1993, when, um, we established that I had absolutely no idea that, uh, child trafficking, child pornography, human slavery, whatever we want to title it, would be uh, as expansive as it is now. As you know, it's a global, it's a global issue. Um, but sadly, um, Matt, uh, there are more NGOs and more people that are dealing in more so a business model of awareness Mm-hmm. And uh, and pulling in great sums of money through great marketing plans and and staff and uh, not doing anything about it yeah. because if you look at the number of NGOs that we literally have around the world that are supposed to be involved in trafficking anti-trafficking, you would think, man, why do we still have? Why a is this bottle? still an issue? Yeah. Why is it still an issue? Uh, but it is, and it is that because uh, well, there's a number of reasons. We have people with good hearts that are really trying. But we have a lot of people that have realized that this business model of trafficking can be taken advantage of on both sides, not only with the pimps and the traffickers, but they can make a great living out of it too, just by starting an NGO and making people aware and holding all kinds of things, seminars, whatever it may be, and people and taking advantage of really good people. It's one of the reasons why we shifted it, you know, our initiatives, Matt, we actually go out and rescue kids. We have strategic partners. We work with law enforcement. um, And we have a legislative initiative, which is toughening up our laws against child traffickers. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in addition to that, we, for the first time, realized that it wasn't about awareness. I think people are aware. It's about equipping people. So now we we offer a three-day training course. It's pretty intense, actually, um, of equipment so that you can literally go out and do what we do um, and I finally after struggling with that for years literally realized that um, we had to start allocating some of our resources towards that no different than when you go in the military yeah you know you've got to train people up no different than when you go join a big corporation or a company they run you through a training session right not to make you aware that I don't know that uh, Pirelli sells tires yeah right how do you put tires on and how do you sell tires and, you know, the whole thing. So that's kind of where we are now uh, in the midst of everything that's happening in the nation uh, with a global attack basically on the United States. Um, I look at how I say this gently, how ridiculous it is out there where we've got people that want self entitlement, whether it's Antifa, BLM, socialist organizations, whatever it may be. And and look, let me make this very clear to our readers. Black Lives Matter is not about black lives any longer. It's a a Marxist organization. And I have black American friends, not African American. They weren't born in Africa. They're just like you and I. I've been downrange with them. They're my brothers. They're my sisters. And they won't even support this because everybody is starting to catch on and realize This is a bunch of hogwash. This is an attack on democracy to split our country. So, saying that, when we have those discussions, I'm going to look at all those people and say, you know, we had 491,000 American children missing in the United States last year. That's the future of our country. Not your self entitled, give me, give me, give me, give up your houses for me, people that are getting a paycheck not to work right now. How about those kids? How about, how about take on the attitude of our forefathers you know, better for those that are coming. And when I look at, when I hear stupid things and I mean it, just stupid comments made by people across the board, doesn't matter what their color is about slavery. We haven't had slavery in this country in 150 years. Right. You didn't own a slave. I didn't own a slave. Right. My friends didn't pick cotton. It's just stirring the pot and I go you want slavery? Why don't you come work in my world where people are enslaved every day into human trafficking, children, boys, women, whatever it is. Why don't you come there? Why don't you really stop slavery? Come join this and and you know what? There's no response. They won't that's get involved. True story.
0: Because yeah. it actually takes that actually takes the cojones of having to actually make something happen, right? I mean, you're talking it about it. Really in, does. You got to get out and do something about it. You got to get out and do something about it. And that's what I love about what you're talking about with your organization. You're talking about, you know, the the difference between awareness of an issue and then the practicality of taking some steps towards eradicating that issue, right? And that's a huge next step to actually complain by doing something about it on a much smaller scale you know it's what we do with with education what we do here at, at acton plaster is you know again instead of just complaining saying hey you know schools should be better and we should have more opportunities and things should look different in the 21st century everybody knows that it's an awareness everybody's got but let's take the practical steps in actually creating an environment that that allows for that for our kids and that's what you know that's that's exactly what you're talking about but you can't be a victim in order to yeah. make that happen you right. cannot be a victim.
1: And, you know, most of what we see going on now with all the disruptions in America, mm. everybody's playing the victim role. Yes, poor right. me. Poor me. I never had this. I, never, I look at it and go, you're like 19 years old. Right. Wait, what do you mean you never had? Who right. fed you to get you to be 19? Right. When did you ever decide to work? When have you put anything in motion? How about study American history and constitutional law and understand where the country came from? And just it it's... It, it's, it's bizarre scared. to some degree, but actually coming out of the CIA and having my hands and overthrowing some very corrupt small governments yep. uh, for the sake of democracy, yeah. I, I know the playbook. I, yep. I understand how, yeah. it's, how it gets fueled. And, uh,
0: and you and see how it plays theory. out.
1: Yeah. America needs to wake up to it. You yeah. Know?
0: You see what the end game is. So how in, in, in your opinion, with, with your understanding of that and, and with your you know experience and seeing what you've seen and, and doing what is you're doing, what do you think? Like, like why did we get here? How, how, how did we get, and I know that's a very nuanced answer. I, I know it's very multifaceted, um, you know, but what do you, why do you think we are here as a nation right now where we're, we're having, to have these issues, which you and I, I I think are of the same belief that it should be pretty simple get back to that. You're not entitled to anything like the world doesn't owe you anything and, and that you should go out and make something happen and treat people the right way along the way. Right. I mean, it's relative, it's not easy, but it's simple, you know, in that Mm -hmm. regard, how do you think we've missed the boat for so long to where we've gotten to the point where we've got these 19 year old, which. Again, you and I both know, you know, it's usually these 19-year-old entitled, a lot of times white kids that are out there, you know, as far as this Antifa kind of thing goes. How did we get here? You know, it
1: was the perfect storm. This was not by chance. This has been orchestrated through many administrations, starting all the way back to mostly Clinton, mm. Bush, mm. Obama. Uh, Their are ties with globalists for a one-world order. There was a time when we talked about a one-world order. It seemed like it was just conspiracy theory, mm. um, but it's not. It is not. There is a real deep state. There is infiltration over the years here in the United States. There was purposely things done in the educational system by Obama to erase our history, to really understand what really happened. When you when you hear people say we went over and we got slaves out of Africa and there's no mention of tribes in Africa selling people into slavery to the British, to the Dutch. And the list goes on. I mean, slavery's existed all over the world for years and it still exists. But when you hear people start making comments that aren't true because they haven't studied American history, then they don't understand their rich heritage. You know, when you allow people to destroy uh, the monuments that we have, right or wrong, it's our history. We learn from it and they need to remain in place so we don't repeat bad history. You know, there's other and better ways to do this. But. The globalist union, so to speak, the one world order, mm-hmm. has constantly been fighting to own America. You own America, the, the probably one of the richest and most powerful nations in the world. Probably ever. Oh, my gosh, you will. You'll rule the world. You'll rule the world. But now we have, and I don't think they expected it. We've got Donald Trump in there mm-hmm. and you may not like his delivery and you may not like a lot of things about him, but I'll tell you one thing, I honestly believe from my context in Washington, he is a president, he is a president for the people, and he loves the country, and he loves our constitution, he loves democracy, he loves freedom of religion, he loves all those things, but guess what, the globalists, we have documented so much intelligence and evidence, of George Soros and other globalists basically thinking that Donald Trump is their obstacle for them taking over the United States. Mm-hmm. They want this country to be a socialist nation. And with a socialist nation, well, we have, I mean, I fought in the Cold War. Yeah. I mean, what happens when you have a socialist nation? And then we have Americans that sit back and not paying attention to stuff and going, oh, that would never happen here. Well, hello, wake up and smell the coffee. Look at what's happening. Playing he, Yeah, let's ask, let's just look at a, let's ask ourselves a common question. How, if these people that are out of work that are protesting, right, can't feed themselves, how are they able to even have the energy to get on the street to protest? Someone's feeding them. Yeah. Someone is supplying them with money. Someone is bankrolling these events. And so the question is, follow the money, you'll find the crime. Who's doing that? Well, you if somebody's it. doing it and we know who's doing it, yeah. there are outside forces that have had over the years an opportunity to basically thread their people inside. And most of them, and I'm not, I, at, at first I was a little hesitant to say this, but now I'm thoroughly convinced after many of the intel reports I've seen, most of the democratic governors and democratic mayors who believe in socialism are allowing the country to be destroyed. And what's even worse than that, Matt, is that the people around them aren't getting their butts in gear and being brave enough as patriots to stop them or get, kick them out of office or take them out of office, or what it may, whatever it may be. They're allowing it to happen. And then they, too, are now whining and crying like, well, look what's happening to our city. Look what's right. happening to our right. state.
0: Well, if you don't like it, Fix it. Do something about it. Yeah, that's right. Do something about it. It's we've created these armies of what, and I believe it was, I believe it was Lenin, but the, who coined the term useful idiots, right? And we've created this army of useful idiots that are going out and just yeah. playing right into right into that agenda of of just breaking things down. And I can tell you too from a from the educational standpoint, right? From the from the history of the public education system here, too. I I, I remember reading a book and I and I and I've mentioned it a couple times recently on the podcast, so I need to make sure I go find it because I, I need to uh, I need to be able to tell people exactly what the book is and exactly who the author was. But I remember it was written in I want to say like 1948, and it literally outlined the, the exact agenda that we've been watching play out. And it was saying, look, this is how we utilize the public schools in order to get here. This is how we create this nation. We start out eroding this. We start out getting control of the unions. We start out um, erasing history. We start eliminating some of the classics, anything that alludes to, you know, any of this going on. We start the early sexualization of children. We start, uh, I mean, you can see it and, and you can, you can follow that historically and watch how that has just played out to get to where we have this young group now that is just, I mean, bought in. You know, a yeah. hook, line, and sinker, and they're just yeah, going right, right along with what's playing. You know, it's it's horrifying. It's and horrifying. It true. And it's very
1: true. Everything you're saying, it's all true and it's all reality. And anybody who says it's not, they're just they're just bumbling idiots. Yeah. The nation is under attack. We are we are literally in a revolution right now and if you study the french revolution study revolutions around the world and see how they all got fueled
0: yeah you're looking at the identical yeah scenario here you're watching this play (laughs) the 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 movie has already been played the manuals have already been written i was talking to my wife last night and i just went and reread for the fourth or fifth time you know 1984 by orwell i'm like man he's just he's just report all he did was create this dystopian future based on history he wasn't nostradamus he was just looking at how this played out and then imagined oh look this is how this could play out again in the future and so it's not he didn't predict the future he just reported the past right that's all he did and we're we're seeing the manual we see how this is playing out and we're literally watching it literally watching take place so what do you think what do you think happens here coming up in november i mean obviously you and i we don't control that and it's a it's It's a yes. But what do you think happens here in November?
1: Well, I think I've been staying really close to a lot of things that are happening in the intel community in D.C. I think uh, I think the Democrats and the globalists aligned with the socialist Democrats will do everything they can to cheat and bring about. uh, uh, You know, uh, the defeat, try to try to at least. Uh, and they're going to, they're going to do everything. They're going to lie and cheat and do everything that we, they've been caught in all the way up to this from the Russia hoax to just the coup that they tried. I mean, Mm -hmm. and they're concerned and they're going to do anything possible because they know that I believe indictments are coming. Yeah. You know, we had to get DOJ cleaned up, but I believe attorney general Barr is dead set on putting some people behind prison. And those people, uh, are powerful people. A lot of them are very powerful people. Um, Socialist Democratic Party and globalists that are part of that, they don't want that to happen. They don't want to go to jail. So if they can destroy the United States, then they will. If if Joe Biden, for whatever reason, gets in, we know he's incompetent. We know Kamala Harris is as incompetent to some degree. She doesn't have the experience. They will be forced to turn over the United States to something close to the European Union, the globalists, it will be the world, one world order. You will see a division in the military in the United States if that happens. And Joe Biden will call in the United Nations. Yep. That's what he'll reach out to, to come and quail the differences between our military, because you will see a civil war unlike anything we have read about or experienced in the history of this nation because there are people there are people in the military that will defend the Constitution against enemies foreign and domestic and there are those that believe that since Biden is the commander-in-chief that way they have to follow him even if it means following him into the pits of hell and turning our entire nation and our sovereignty over to a globalist Union yeah. so that's one possibility Second possibility is that we could have a lot of people really go to the polls, really understand what's at stake for the first time in our history, that their freedoms are going to go away and they will vote. And Donald Trump will be put back in order. will have some stability and then he will have the ability to call in as much national guard as he wants to basically slap a few people around. I, I hate to say it, but they're out there slapping, you know, innocent people around. Um, and say enough's enough um, to arrest people, to be honest with you, that are have their hands in the cookie jar, governors and mayors where the money can be followed by the FBI and go, wait a minute, you helped, you have fuel Antifa and yeah. BLM. And they'll slap the corporations that are either idiots because they don't understand that and BLM is a Marxist organization or and or they will be indicted for supporting an organization that has proclaimed to overthrow the U.S. government. In fact, I'm not even sure what that's not being done now, Matt. I mean, literally large corporations funneling money to a Marxist organization that is claiming it has a treasonous dialogue over the government. So those things will happen. And then there's a third scenario. We, there will be so much conflict and confusion at the highest levels of our bureaucratic system that patriots, which are uniting now, veterans, patriots all over the United States, will go to war. And when I say they go to, war, go to war, what will happen, and it's ugly, we'll see a division in the nation, and we will see people who support the Constitution literally take the lives of people who claim to be Democrats or Socialists or Marxists or whatever. They will no longer, They will no longer respect freedom of speech in the nation. All they will know is that the constitution and their lives and their families are being threatened by basically thugs. Mm -hmm. And then they'll go and they'll, and I believe with all my heart seeing this in other nations as they've fallen apart, I believe when that happens, you'll see an increase in assassinations. I believe that the people in Washington DC that think they're safe, like Democrats, like Nancy Pelosi and, and Schumer and all of those people, I believe that they will become targets yeah. of patriots.
0: Yeah. And then at the
1: same time, there will the other people who are Republicans yeah. at higher levels will probably become targets of socialist democrats. And we just never want to see that here, you know. But I'm I think that that's a, a I think that's a possibility.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the reality is none of those three scenarios are sunshine and rainbows.
1: No, they are not. Yeah, I mean, if God Almighty, come, maybe God Almighty will come back to the earth and just clean it. That yeah. might be the best scenario. But people's hearts, not trying to sound, you know, over religious, but anytime our nation that was founded by the principles and founded on God's great, uh, his graciousness, and we start straying away and become more man than we do connected with God, then we don't think about love. We don't think about kindness. We don't think of evil starts to prevail. And what you're seeing happening now is a nation that has allowed itself in Congress, yep. in the Senate and in the House, to stray away from the principles of God. I mean, look, anytime you replace the Bible with the Quran, something's wrong. The reality is our nation is our nation. It was founded on Judeo-Christian principles. Mm-hmm. And now and people hate that. But if you look at all those principles, if you look at our laws that have, have served us so well here that came out of things like the 10 commandments, like don't kill anybody. Don't steal, you know, really. But what are we seeing on the other side right now? We're seeing killing, stealing and evil has looked, is looking like good and good is being portrayed as evil right now. And, and, and it's not by a large percentage. So when we look at that, I think that the word, if there's a solution, I think that we have to tell the silent majority, you can no longer afford to be silent.
0: That's right. That's exactly what it is. Cause like you said, it's not a large percentage, it's the loudest percentage. Yeah. Right. It's they're they're the ones that are being loud and, and eroding that morality, you know, when I go when I'm talking about that book from, from 1948, that's exactly was was kind of the initial foundation. Is just, was there was an entire chapter devoted to look, we need to figure out a way to make sure not only do we get you know, any kind of concept of religion out of schools, but we need to actively discredit the Bible. We need to erode morality. We need to start to blend ideas so that morality becomes this kind of ambiguous sort of thing. That was the, that was the stepping stone, you know, yeah. and, and you can argue that we have done a very, very good job of that over the last however many decades, just eroding um, you know, what morality, what morality is, Whether you believe and whether you don't believe, look, I don't, you know, I don't care. I happen to, I happen to be in your camp and, and, and believe that, um, you know, God created us for a very specific reason, but, uh, whether you believe or not, isn't the thing, it's the morality that we have eliminated, you know, and it's, it's horrifying to see where we're going. Yeah. None of those are sunshine and rainbow scenarios. I do, I do work, you know, that the, I guess out of those three options, the second option sounded you know, most attractive, but I worry about that too. I mean, he gets, you know, Donald Trump goes back in, I, I, the riots and all like the chaos. Yeah. Well, what's going to happen
1: is if he gets back in, you're going to have to, I mean, militias are forming all over the United States right now Mm -hmm. and that word never gets out. So if I were to be a little more heavy handed in my approach to this, I would, I think I can confidently say that the far left has absolutely no idea what they are going to deal with when these militias get formed and when patriots rise. The United States has a history of being blessed as a sleeping giant. Yeah, We have a history of that. But even within our own country, fair warning, fair warning to those now that are destroying cities, because I'm going to tell you what, if the rule of law goes out and patriots in this country are unleashed, They will go and they will clean house. And those people on the far left, they'll wipe them out. And sadly, and I say that not tongue in cheek. I mean, they literally will wipe them off the face of the earth. And what the stupidity and the ignorance of those that are destroying cities, burning things, is that they don't believe that they're ever going to be challenged because they've defunded the police. Well, guess what? You cannot defund the American patriot, It's not happening. And when you get them pissed off, they're gonna come after you and they're gonna do it with the vengeance that our forefathers used to fight the British off of this country. And they're gonna do it with the vengeance that every Marine, every Army guy, Air Force, Navy fought against our enemies in World War One, War One Two, and the list goes on. Afghanistan, at, you know, after 9-11, Iraq, they absolutely have no idea what is going to be unleashed by their destructive stupidity. Yeah. And that's all, you know, it's got, it's,
0: it's the classic, it's the classic story of the, of the bully. And then that quiet kid that gets tired of being bullied, but you don't understand that, that uh, you know, he, he's, he's got something else behind him. I remember learning the lesson early on um, as a youth. And again, I'm not, uh, you know, I, I don't want to advocate for violence, but I do believe in especially young men being able to defend themselves. I think that is a very important thing. I want my, my son to be able to defend himself against bullies. I want him to be able to be a protector, um, you know, of people that, that need that protection. Right. I, I believe in the sheepdogs. Um, and I do believe most more people are sheep than, than anything yeah. else, but there are wolves out there and we do yeah. need sheepdogs. Right. I, I very I'm much really believe glad. in that. And, um, you know i remember my my father and getting me into combat sports very early on and got into kickboxing and at a very young age and and ended up you know taking that further and getting in the cage a while you know as a, as an older as an older kid but um, i remember being that that young man and having a little bit of that ability but having some of these bullies at school and having my dad teach me that a very important lesson of I'm like look the bullies will continue to bully as long as they think they can As long as nobody stands up to that, they will just continue to go. And if you are going to be this protector of other people, protector of your friends, protector of yourself, protector of your brother and sister, you know, at some point you may have to step out of the role of the nice guy and, and, you know, get out of the, get out of the role of being the gentleman just long enough to be the savage before you can go back into the gentleman. Um, And I don't think, you know, I think that's the classic case that we're seeing now. know well
1: I'm not advocating violence either but I just think that these are they're not even predictions they're just possibilities but I that's it you know based on my experience I if I were a betting man yeah probably I'd probably win.
0: Yeah you know
1: hopefully you know you with you got great people like yourself coming out of the education system if we can get back on track with the next generations and start educating them Mm. the right way. You know, like how was the country really founded? What really took place here and less on and on and on
0: yeah.
1: the narrative will change and it'll be truthful. It'll be ground truth and maybe we can get back on track.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. But
1: I think we're going to, I think we're going to have to go through some interesting times here. And get there. I will say this with all my heart that anybody's listening. I've, I've gone to countries where they were beautiful countries and then you know, revolution happened and you go back and you don't even recognize the place. It's just totally destroyed. And you look at them and many of them are, have not even been rebuilt. You know, they just lie in, in rubble, you know, I mean, and, and, you know, look at places like, well, look at Minnesota. I saw pictures of that. I thought, I I thought we were in Syria. It's like, how are you going to rebuild that? And in addition to that, this is for the taxpayers. Okay. The people that didn't do it. If you didn't get out there and stop it, do not complain when the governor or the mayor raises taxes to rebuild your city. Mm -hmm. Because guess what? You let it happen. Let it happen. And you can say, well, we didn't have any choice. We we didn't, couldn't get in the middle of that and whatever. No, guess what? You didn't stop it. You didn't get your people together to say enough's enough. And so, and that's exactly what's going to happen because the governor of wherever Minnesota's like, could you give us federal money to rebuild what I allow to be destroyed? And the federal government's going to go, no, we're not. I think, in fact, maybe President Trump already said no. And nor should the federal government, to be honest with you. So who's going to rebuild it? Who's going to get taxed for it in the state? That's right. The people of the state are. That's and exactly. those people, I throw the monkey on their back and say, you don't want that to happen. You better do something about it.
0: Yep do something but new. they didn't and so, here's
1: another thing matt too we've got all these people in the outlying areas are going what's well, not really happening in my town it's really happening in portland yeah right Scotland. right that's right. what if you don't go there to stop it there or help there yeah it's like a wildfire it'll yep. crop it'll come across america and it will show up in your old i saw this interesting thing last night you might have seen it i think some antifa guy literally showed up at sturgis in South Dakota,
0: I did and not see had, that, and I know what's going on in Sturgis South right now.
1: Alive, right? So even they tried up there, and as like as stupid as that was, man, still tried. You know, the guy's lucky to be alive. To be honest, yes, he
0: with is. He, <laughs> he is. Yeah, I know what's going on in Sturgis. If you're not aware of what's going on in Sturgis right now, you should look up the the rally that takes place in Sturgis every year, and the kind of gentleman that you have there every single year. That is that is the last place um, that anybody from Antifa wants to go. Uh, especially right now this time of year, so no, I had not seen that, but yeah, no, I could not agree more I mean with letting letting these kind of things happen and again that complacency complacency is always the killer um speaking of not being complacent again I want to kind of it's not necessarily unrelated it's kind of tangential, I guess, but you know with the with the work you're doing with with aRC you said you' would, uh you know you'd move to a, a location in the u s that uh you know was conducive to, to helping out with this, with this kind of work. And, um, I don't want to say where you are unless you want to, you know, say where you guys are, but, um, and so you said you're helping other people, your career providing kind of training. What does that look like? Are there specific individuals that you are looking at saying, look, here's, here's who you need to be so that we can help you and train you with this. Are you just, is it civilians who, who's able to take advantage of, of the knowledge that you guys are, are disseminating?
1: Pretty much anybody who wants to get into literally uh, is rescuing children. Yeah. We're not an aftercare unit. Yeah, uh, We literally go out and rescue children because until boots are on the ground, a child doesn't come home. You right. got to go out there and get them. So anybody who passes the background investigation, yeah <laughs> uh, because oftentimes at these conferences, pimps, gangs will send their guys in to find out what's going on. Yeah. Um, we have a, a really good system of vetting pretty much anybody in the United States. I don't care. I don't care if you're law enforcement, you still yeah. get vetted. We still run a background investigation on you. Um, but they're all free to attend. Most of the time what happens is people will hear about us and they'll go, what can I do? Mm-hmm. Now in the old days, Matt, I would try to engage in some kind of conversation about what I think they could do or couldn't do. And I realized that they know themselves better than I will ever get to know them. Right. So I told him, I said, you know what, understand the AO, the area of operations, understand what we do and how it's done. Understand the entire layout and you'll know how to plug yourself in. You'll know what you'll be able to do. But until you get trained up, uh, you won't. And we don't hold anything back. We're eight, nine hours a day for three days straight. It should be a week actually um, of some pretty intense information that takes you from cradle to grave on how do you get started? What's the opposition look like? Um, how to run operations, uh, covert communications, Mm -hmm. how to interact with law enforcement, what, what arrest, what you can do in an arrest and what you can't do. Um, we get into, uh, the legal aspects, the, The treaties, like the Hague Treaty. um, I mean, we just get into everything. When you walk out of there, you can go start your own NGO, and you can go out and rescue kids. There's a little more training you're gonna need, um, you know, and you have an advantage sometimes if you have a former law enforcement or military background. Um, It's really interesting. We don't teach people to kick in doors. I come out of a whole world of espionage, the clandestine service. Right. Well, the way we operate is, through a lot of tradecraft. Yeah. Windows of opportunity. Sure. We're not out to capture the bad guys. We're not bounty hunters. Yeah. We're looking to just get the kid from out of there Yeah. and get them that's to handy. a safe house and then get them to a restorative center. And if we have enough intel that we can turn over to law enforcement to go get the bad guys rolled yeah, up. Right. Yeah. Then that's great. That's just, but, uh, yeah, it's pretty intense. It's not for the faint hearted. We've had people say, You know, I don't know if I can handle some of the material. It's pretty disturbing. Could you maybe water it down a little bit? And we're like, no. Yeah. If you can't handle what we're teaching, you're never going to go face to face with a victim who's 12 years old, who you rescued, who's been raped 20 times a day, who's been sold into trafficking when she was five years old by her parents, has so much trauma, you know, um, and knows every trafficking route from here to wherever in the United States, you're not gonna be able to handle that. So that's what our course does. I mean, we get into, this is no make believe. We get into some pretty sensitive information. We get into uh, real cases. This is not make believe. And as I said, this is not about awareness. This is about educating you. We get all the way into the, the gangs. We get into how they operate, uh, traffickers, perpetrators, pedophiles. I mean, uh, yeah. We get in all the technical aspects of how you're going to find what you need to find in order to go rescue the kid. Yep. You
0: know, and oh, so man. we get into
1: a lot, we get into yeah. some pretty good stuff and it's very, it's very graphic. We don't, yeah.
0: we don't hold out any, we don't hold it pull, but you know, pull any punches. So thank you, man. And so, so thankful for, for you and for, for what you guys are doing on that. Um, you know, I, I, I try to remain, uh, I try to remain calm in in my day to day life as a husband, as a parent, uh, as a leader of an organization. I try to maintain a calmness, a composure, a, a, you know, a stoicism, so that I can detach enough to try to make good decisions. And obviously, far from perfect, and there are far better leaders than I. But I think I'm able to at least emotionally detach. Uh, enough usually to make a, a, a solid choice and a solid decision. I think that's served me well, served the organization well. Um, but when we talk about these kind of things as somebody else who's, who's dedicated their life to helping youth and as somebody who is a father of three young kids. And, you know, when I, when I just, even just hearing this and talking about this, the, uh, the, the aggression, um, you know, kind of that, that visceral response to that, um, you know, it's, a I'm just, I'm very thankful. I'm very thankful. So what are your needs as an organization? So, you know, um, you know, when I look at it without knowing the ins and outs of, of what you are, are getting people to do, do you have various locations around the country where you need more support? Is it a, is it an a And because again, we're looking at the practicality of it, but is it an overall awareness so that we can get more people who are into the practicality? Is it financial? What is the, what are the needs for you guys right now? Yeah.
1: Thank you for asking. Um, As you know, we're an all volunteer service. Uh, Everybody pays their bills by doing a little something else. Uh, I just, Published a book called "Something Bigger Than Overthrowing Small Governments." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hopefully, a little bit of that comes in, and yeah. it's really funny. People, when you publish a book, I was laughing about this the other day. They think that you become a millionaire <laughs> of your book. I yeah. make, I think, I make two dollars and thirty-five cents off of each
0: book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, yeah. knows
1: the cost that goes into it, but yep. the value in publishing a book, uh, particularly about arc and how we got started, uh, helps hopefully get more people uh, to want to follow the cause, so to yeah. speak. So it, it's a trade-off, you know, yeah. um, but for us, um, we're always looking for more strategic partners, mm-hmm. people that have the ability to hunt down pedophiles, mm-hmm. um, people that have the, uh, tier one experience to so literally, uh, go rescue a child to be in part to be a part of our, uh, safe house project. You know, we're, um, we're building safe houses, which, uh, it takes finances. Um, and our safe houses are real safe houses. People don't know where they are. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. Um, but the interesting thing about a safe house is it provides you an opportunity to actually scrub a kid, meaning make sure they're not being tracked by their perpetrators, um, before you get them to restorative care. And a lot of people don't understand what it takes as far as security and all that. So need support in that area we always need financial support yeah Um, the way we run operations is uh we get a case we have to review it to make sure the kid is even still alive Um, and then we have to budget out and figure out what that's going to cost us to go save that kid Um, uh, and then we we start sending word out on our website. Like we have a case. We won't be specific about it. Sure. Uh, Can you support? And we stuff trickles in. It's not how we want to operate operate the rest of our life. What we're looking for is literally sustainable funding. I'd love for some multi-billionaire to give us a hundred million dollars that we could turn over to a money marketing company and just go, look, make this money, make money and tell us every month how much we have to go rescue kids. So that's ideally that's ideal for us. And also we need people, we do need people to that really want to make it to do something to start, uh, sign up at our next, our next training course. You know, this one's closed out now. Uh, I think we have close to 40 people that have come from all over the United States to come to this training course. But if I would say that if you're serious about saving children, uh, instead of playing at it and you know, then come get trained. Mm -hmm. from by people that do it, Mm -hmm. you know, um, Kevin Malone, he's on the president's, uh, human trafficking task force in Washington. We've known him for a while and Kevin and we were grateful, uh, made the state. And I think we put on our website that this is probably the best training course in the United States right now. Mm -hmm. And look, I'm an adjunct professor for the FBI from time to time. I was a train. I mean, I've, I've, I've been a trainer and stuff. So I know what government training is like. Yep. This is ranks right up there with the same quality of training. Uh, we're not going to miss a beat. And uh, so those are kind of the things that we need. We need, we need people that care, but um, really want to get out in the field and do it, to be honest with you. And, and we'll build alliances. We'll build strategic partnerships. We have people constantly come back to us and go, hey, I'm going to go do this. We're going to go do this. How do we do this thing? So we're having that. And, um, yeah, I think that that's all we could really ask for, to be honest with you. Yeah. Look, we've been in this game for since 93. Whether people come alongside us or not, we're not going to stop. Yeah. We, prob- we probably are the smallest NGO, child rescuing NGO. We are the oldest that I know of. Yeah. Um, but even being our size, um, we have 100% success rate. We've read, every kid we've gone after, we've rescued. So I I like to tell all those people listening, look, when you don't have to be a former CIA guy. You don't have to be a tier one operator. You don't have to have a lot. Just remember, one man or one woman with courage is a majority, always. Amen. And if you'll, if you'll set that in your heart and your mind, um, you'll be surprised at all of a sudden how creative you get and go, wow, I, I could do this. I can do this and I can do this. And we've trained people up before that didn't have any of that background. And guess what? They're out there rescuing
0: kids. Yep. Yeah. You know? And that's so, you know, what the, the, there was a, a movie years ago. It's about obviously very, very popular, but Braveheart. You know, I remember being a 14-year-old kid watching that movie, and he says, every yeah. man dies, not every man really lives, right? And and that quote always stuck with me of, of living. It's not about being famous. It's about living a life that you can look back. When your time comes, you go, man, I am proud to have done that. There is a legacy, and the legacy only comes through I have helped Other human beings get further along in their journeys. That's where the legacy is, right? And I and I mean, what a great legacy that is that that you are are leading right now, my friend. So it is a it is an absolute honor. What's the uh, what's the website? Just to make sure everybody knows where to go. Thank you,
1: Matt. It's uh, www.recoveryofchildren.org and it's a pretty built out website. It'll give you all the information. Uh, if there, if you have questions, you can go to info at recoveryofchildren.com, mm-hmm. send us an email and uh, we'd be more than happy in the middle of our very busy schedule. to yeah. Back with you and do whatever we can out there um, to help you uh, do what we're doing. You know, go, go out and save one kid. That's it. Save one kid. Start with one. Yeah. And if it tugs on your heart as it did ours, then you'll get two and then you'll get three. And you don't know where that kid's going to grow up to be. That's right. could grow up To be the next president of the United States could go, right. you know, it doesn't matter. But you're saving a life and um, in a world where everything is being destroyed. It's a good thing to do something that gives life. You know, I always tell people this, I said, how do you murder a child without killing them? You sexually exploit them. So true. They die every single day. It's the most heinous crime. Over and over. that has to stop. You have to be the kind of person that says, this will not happen on my watch. And you're going to have to educate yourself. You're going to have to research so, to learn, as I said, the area of operations and how do I find these kids? And it, it takes, it takes work. Yeah. It takes work, you know, like anything else that you're going to do and do it correctly. Um, it takes, takes work. Um, so that's something someone's going to throw in your lap. I remember, I talked, I remember I was on a global response thing and I know we're cut, getting shut for time, but this lady was like, you know, the government won't fund me and I can't get a grant and I can't, and it was, I can't, I can't, I can't.
0: Yeah.
1: And I was thinking to myself, don't tell me what you can't do. That's right. Tell me what you can do. Right. Look, I, we don't get grants. We've never had a grant. So if we can do it, yeah. why can't you do it? Why are you waiting for somebody to do it for you? How bad do you want to go save a kid? Yeah. That's what it boils down to. Yeah. My dad used to say that. Your dad might have said it too. You want to do something bad enough?
0: You'll find, find a way. way you'll find a way. That's exactly it. It's that old, uh, Eric Thomas, you know, I've been a, a speaker, uh, for, a, for a long time as well. And so of course, looking to other speakers as I broke into, to that industry and Eric Thomas has been around for a long time and he's got a very specific niche, but you know, he's got that story of, of, uh, you know, kind of the master taking the kid out into the water and, and, Holding him down in the water and comes up and he says, look, when you want your success, your end goal, as much as you just wanted to breathe right there, you'll be okay. And that's exactly, that's exactly what it is. If you want, you will figure out a way to make it happen.
1: Yeah, that's a great analogy. It just is what it
0: is, man. I tell you what we have had, um, you know, we've had some phenomenal guests on, on, on the podcast. We've had who's who's who of all kinds of different industries. And I, and I don't know um, that I've ever had, uh, I, you know, just from a personal standpoint, um, just the, the, the respect, the, uh, just the intense gratitude that I have, uh, for you. And, and, um, you know, again, I want to continue the conversation offline. This is something that, um, near and dear to my heart. So I'm just, I'm so grateful for you and, and, and f- for, for the legacy that you're leaving and, um, you know, for taking the time today to, to, to chat about that, my friend.
1: Thank you, Matt. God bless you guys for having us on here. It's really an honor and a privilege, and you are more than welcome to come stand alongside of us
0: anytime you want. Honor is mine, brother. Thank you. There you go, man. I, it's you know, i I always leave the episodes fired up. Uh, but this one in particular, man, fire me up and you can see why. So, uh, you know, it's definitely an organization that we want to continue to reach out and work with uh, and, and see what we can do. And, and uh, if you're interested as well, please reach out, see if there's any way to get involved. Uh, this is one thing where, you know, regardless of where you are on the political side, left right middle it does not matter you may disagree with everything you know that he said from a political standpoint and that's fine it's your right to do so but i think we're all on the same page as far as these kiddos go man so um do what you can to get involved and and uh, speaking of the kids thank you for supporting them by listening to this uh, as well man we don't take you guys for granted so thank you so much we'll catch you next time on the essential 11